Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I have a little bonus treat episode. I have Michael Schmidt back on the show. If you listened last week, then you will have heard us talking numerology. Uh, Michael is a neuroscientist, community builder, coach, and is a neuroscientist, community builder, coach, and intuitive numerologist. And he's dedicated to helping people bridge societal divides nonviolently and coaching people to fulfill their life's purpose. Michael earned a PhD in neuroscience and spent 12 years in an academic career. He was devastated when his mom passed away from pancreatic cancer in 1998. And by working through his pain and loss, he began to explore his spirituality and intuition intentionally, studying mediumship, chakras, spiritual healing, and numerology. He has melded these methods into a unified system and does intuitive readings for people who magically find him. And I was lucky enough to magically find him. Welcome. Thank you. Back. Yes, good to be back. Hi, everybody. It is finally January 2021, and I'm so excited for my January podcast this year and for all my podcasts that I've recorded so far. I think you guys are all in for such a treat. Wanted to remind everybody that I'm getting going on my course, my program. So if you haven't had a chance yet to sign up for that, you can go to my show notes. There's a link for the waitlist for the course. Also, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, 
where I'm switch I switch things up a bit. So you'll be getting soul wisdom some weeks, ways to stay grounded, some other tips, and some insight into just why you know facing our fears of death and really exploring and opening our, ourselves up and expanding our own ability to connect to our own soul and essence is so very important. So head on over to DrAmyRobbins.com and subscribe to my newsletter. Also, if you haven't rated and reviewed and subscribed to the podcast yet, it's been a while since I just asked for people to do that. So if you could just take a minute and subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, any ratings and reviews are really appreciated as well. So here is to a wonderful 2021 for everybody and a new season of life, death, and the space between. So we are going to, you did a reading for me as part of me trying to understand this whole numerology thing. Um, And so we're going to dig into that a little bit to help people sort of see how this all works. So this is new for both of us because I've never had my numbers read and you tell us how you normally work when you do a reading like this. Sure. So the way that I work is I combine uh, a chakra reading with numerology and uh, with the chakras, what I, what I realized in my own training and learning about it is that there's one, there's a lot going on and trying to keep track of it all is challenging. And uh, I also discovered that my hands seem to know a lot more about healing than my mind does. So I actually started to, rather than see or, or uh, channel a chakra, I started to just try to feel them with my hands. And so then it's like, well, how do I get my hand? How do I communicate with my hands? And so that led to me doing, creating a series of drawings uh, that I create about the different chakras that people have. So my first step is, to create uh, a drawing of all the chakras. Uh, And I work with uh, 12 different chakras. And then I also create a drawing of uh, the domains of consciousness. So, you know, many spiritual disciplines refer to, you know, the human existence as physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And we devote some aspect of our consciousness to each of those different domains. And so I sort of assess how much of your consciousness is, is devoted to each of those. And then where does the numerology piece fit into that? So then once, so then once I've created that, then I put someone's number into my spreadsheet and I generate all their numbers. And so what, what I find is that these numbers uh, match up pretty well with what I see in my drawings and it sort of helps in both of either helps interpret the others. So uh, when I, so like in the chakras, I can see where someone is in conflict, right? And so like if you, for and this is actually not for you, but if someone's uh, heart chakra is out of alignment, they're in some kind of conflict about how to express themselves in those themes. And then often those people will have a six or a nine in their, uh, numerology chart and sixes are the caretaker so they're sort of like the empath that is focused on their family their tribe their community or the nine which is the uh, compassionate humanitarian or in my mind the empath that is focused on all of 
uh, humanity or all the world, uh, but both impasse. And so, uh, you know, so if you have a misaligned heart chakra and you have a prominent six or a nine, I sort of know that those things are linked. Gotcha. Okay. And so I go through that with all the different chakras and all the different numbers. And then there is just some purely like intuitive aspect of it of like, and, and what I sort of try to do is feel if everything was aligned on the chakra drawing, what would have to shift? Mm. That's basically the question that I ask. What would have to shift for everything to feel like it's in alignment? And then usually I gravitate to one of the one or two places in the chakra drawings that feel like if those moved, everything else would move. Gotcha. Okay. And I can then, I can then relate that to the numbers. So, I mean, there's a, so there is a bit of just intuitive synthesis, which is why I spend time writing out an email just to get it all like laid out. Okay. So let's walk through this a little bit. Do you want to, do you want to start or do you want me to read kind of what you sent or? Um, well, why don't you read, why don't you read what, uh, what I sent and then you can sort of, if, if something feels excessive or too much detail for the show, you can just filter okay. that. And then, and then we can talk about, uh, you know, the meaning of that and, and maybe where, where that came from and why it came to that. So you said the essence of your reading is the fundamental tension of self versus others, personal will versus divine will, and using the power to benefit for the benefit of all and not just the self. So what is what does that mean exactly? So that is that is the synthesis of everything that I found, and so when I when I looked at the, the chakras and the numerology you in the numerology you, your your heart's desire number that soul urge right the the motivation is a one it's actually a 19 one which is that karmic debt number which is about right use of power right and so somehow there's this uh rebalancing that needs to happen around uh your identity as as yourself versus so like self versus dependence right? Your individual path versus dependence uh, and the right use of power. And what I also noticed is like the eighth chakra, which is about divine love, but also uh, karmic residue was one of the chakras that was uh, misaligned. And actually most of your chakras were very aligned. So it was, it was that, that, but the fact that that one was the one that was the most off um, sort of like corroborated what, what, the numbers we're mm-hmm. saying. So, so, so what's interesting about your numbers is that you have that six life path. Again, the compact, like the, uh, uh, caretaker, right. The empath who's a caretaker for their family, for their tribe, for their community, uh, you know, for your mm-hmm. listeners, right. It's, it's, you know, for it's all patients. about learning how to yeah. do that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. For all of that. Uh, and yet the motivating, the motivating factor is about, self and not wanting to lose your sense of self. And so to me, that was that tension Mm. that uh, was there that was present. When you say the motivating factor, what do you mean by that? Like the, well, what is the thing that you wake up wanting to fulfill on? And it's about 
for the one, it's about that individualistic, uh, you know, leadership, you know, carving out a unique path for yourself. It's not selfish necessarily, right? It's not, I'm not trying to imply that there's a selfish motivation, but it's, you know, following down the path of uh, an ordinary path in the mind of you, right? Like is you, there's a uniqueness that is important, right? Following your own path, feeling like that you are in control of your own destiny, that you are able to control the, uh, or can dictate what happens in your life. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is just a really strong force in, in the one. Gotcha. Okay. And so that came out and of the karmic debt number. That's yeah. In the heart's desire. And then you said there are things, there are things that can be said that you likely already know. You are a creative powerhouse capable of creating something from nothing, allowing creations to unfold naturally. And you infuse your creations with both the masculine and feminine. You are able to create through intention alone when things magically come together without physical effort. You have the will and the vision to initiate creative projects and you are capable of doing this in concert with the others and the divine. You have a deep sense of responsibility for others, the world at large, yet wrestle with independence and dependence. So so that is um, kind of a continuation of what... Right. But then you also need some order. Otherwise, it's just going to spiral out mm-hmm. of control. Uh, whereas the fish chakra is about it creates through uncertainty. So allowing uh, like, again, if everything is certain, then nothing new is possible. So, it's, you know, similar, but different. Right. So un- allowing uncertainty, like just allowing waiting until the last moment to allow the creation to be what it's supposed to be. Mm hmm. Versus creating certainty, which is now it is a, now it is an entity, whatever that is. Uh, so it's a very different kind of of creation. So that like people that create through the fish chakra would be uh, 
you know, the folks that can take something and reorder it or, re, you know, change it, like really creatively move things around so that it is the right thing for the right audience uh, for the right moment. Whereas the second chakra is really about uh, just generating something that never existed before. Gotcha. So, so slightly different aspects. And right? is any of that connected to my numbers or any to my? It is. So, so we have one, one more chakra. So then there's the 10th chakra, which is about, uh, creating with the divine and with intention. And one of the qualities of the 10th chakra is uh, that blended masculine and feminine. So people that are really strong in the 10th chakra are not overly masculine or overly feminine. They're, they're much more balanced. Hmm. And there's, and there's this capacity to just uh, create through intention alone, right? It's just envisioning something and then things start to happen. That's, this is pretty accurate. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Because we never had talked before today. Um, so then you. So so I can connect yeah, to yeah, your yeah. numbers, right? So the the three most creative numbers are the <laughs> three are the three six and nine, and you have all three of those in your most important numbers. So you are a six life path number. You are a nine expression number. So again, you so you have the, the double empath, right? Six and nine, both empath numbers, and then also creative numbers. And then you have the three birthday number, right? So you have all three of those. And then the one is also a very creative number in the sense that you have to have that initial spark to even create. Okay. Versus like what, right. what? You take the initiative, right? The initiative to create that one. So the one is also a creative number in the sense that, uh, you know, like having the will to want to create something. So you have like all of those numbers uh, in your, as your four uh, most important numbers in your numerology chart. Oh, wow. Lucky. Right. Life path is a six expression numbers a nine. Those, so those are the two most important mm -hmm. numbers. Uh, you have the one heart's desire, which is the third most important number, and then a three birthday number. And three is the is considered the most creative number. And so that's like the, the birthday number is the, the sub-theme of your life and also represents like that special skill that you have. So, you know, the three being the most creative number uh, it you know it lined up really well with with your chakra. So the special skill is the creativity. It's creativity, so interesting yeah. because I would have never. I don't think of myself as a creative person in the way that we typically think of creativity. Um, but I'm I'm trying to embrace that a little bit more. In well, it doesn't necessarily just mean yeah art. yeah yeah right. Right. I mean, what are the things that you have created? that you've generated that didn't exist before. That is all creation. Mm -hmm. This podcast is a right. creation. Right. And that's where right. I'm like really shifting how I'm, how I've been thinking about creativity. Okay. So going more deeply, you are spiritually advanced. When I draw out your chakra profile, most of your energy has ascended, which I have found is rare. You being a medium, I want to distinguish between spiritually advanced from having specific chakras that are awakened. In a chakra model, someone with an awakened third or fifth chakra may have access to and be able to communicate with spiritual realms, regardless of whether very much of their energy has ascended. 
Spiritual ascension is the process of your consciousness rising upwards to join with the divine over many lifetimes. And it is in this process that I'm referring to. You also have many chakras that are awakened. So can you just differentiate ascension versus awakened? Sure. So in Eastern traditions, uh, the idea is that your energy flows upward, right? So like people that do Kundalini yoga, for instance, right? They have the Kundalini uh, rise up and it's this energy that continues to rise. Uh, And the idea being that ultimately over many lifetimes, all of our energy rises up, comes out of our body. And, uh, you know, basically we join with, with God, we merge with God, however you conceive of that. Uh, And so what I, what I see in the chakra drawings is that some people have most of their consciousness in the, uh, the chakras that most people read about one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then less energy in the chakras out of body, Mm -hmm. eight, nine, 10, 11. And when you're talking about, Uh, I don't want to get into a whole chakra, um, Thing. Yeah. But you're really, what you're talking about is like the reverse that ascends into like the spiritual realm, right? When we're talking about the That's 12 right. chakras, That's right. just for people who are like, yes. what is he talking about? I only know about the seven. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just, they're just chakras that, that exist, but they're out of, they're above your body. That, that would be the idea of it. And so at the end, right? Like when we have, when we've really merged with God, like all of our energy is in the 12th. Like there just isn't any energy down mm-hmm. below. And so that's a whole, that's a process that's supposed to occur over many lifetimes. And so you have a lot of energy uh, or a lot of your consciousness uh, in those out of body chakras. And it's not something that I, that people really notice because it's not really time bound. Ah, okay. Cause it's not in body. So, you know, I think that it's, but if you were to read the themes, like if I were to send you things and you were to read the themes, you would start to see how some of these things just, occur without you really it's like being a fish in water like you don't notice the water you would start to be able to place yourself in that and so how do what do chakras that are awakened look like so that is uh, if the ascension process is the overall process then the awakening process is uh like a part of that and that each chakra has to go through its own process to for the energy to ascend and and one of the stages of that is for it to become awakened and so when it's in just in the physical realm then all of these uh sort of like intuitive abilities are dormant and when that chakra awakens then those sort of like spiritual abilities sort of emerge spontaneously Mm -hmm. so this idea that there's like people with intuitive abilities that are somehow special is not true right everyone is uh, these are accessible to everyone, provided that there's some level of awakening in, in the different chakras. And each one, you know, has different spiritual abilities that uh, awaken as it, as it awakens. Gotcha. Hmm. Need to learn more about chakras. Uh, okay. So then I want to go... Um, you talk a little bit about like the four different domains um, mm-hmm. that people, I guess, experience consciousness, right? Yeah. So the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And then you interpret that for me, um, which we're going to skip over for the purpose of this. Um, and then you talk about some karmic residue that I have. 
from mm-hmm. possibly past life. What do I like? What do I do about that? Well, I, I don't think there's something to do about that. I think that's what life is for. Right. And so like when we start, when we talk, so for instance, if we go back to the awakening process, there's, they say that there's three ways to awaken a chakra. One is through yoga, which is, a, you know, like mechanically is supposed to uh, uh, awaken the chakras or, or doing Kundalini yoga. One is through meditation and focusing energy on, you know, the different spots where the chakra is supposed to exist in your body. And then the third way is just using the chakra. Right. Mm-hmm. Which again is basically life. Mm-hmm. Right. So like life is in essence is the process to awaken, to spiritually awaken. And so uh, when we talk about karmic residue, which is which we look if we look at your numerology is that 19, 10, 1, right in your heart's desire number and the right use of power and navigating the, you know, the, the positive of, of the right use of power. There's nothing specific to do with that number other than what you're already doing. I think the benefit of, of seeing it or talking about it is being able to place yourself, right? And, and maybe there are things that in your life or themes in your life that didn't seem connected that start to make more sense. And it can give you some intention around how to, you know, contend mm. with those. Okay. Um, And then can you just speak a little bit to, I'm not going to kind of read through all of this other piece, but one of the things you said you talked about was a squiggle and a swirl that you see in the chakras and Mm -hmm. that help you to see where a person in in what consciousness domain there might be something off as well, right? Yeah, so... This is something that uh, when I would basically what I do is I draw uh, circles of different sizes in the for the each domain, and so when the circle's big, I know that they devote a lot of consciousness to that domain, and when it's small, they devote less. And what I discovered is uh, sometimes my hand doesn't want to draw a solid circle; it, it draws more of like uh, a broken up circle. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's like a little like more of a squiggle than us than an actual circle. Uh, and sometimes it's even more like a swirl. OK. And I think the easiest way to understand this is just if we just talk physically. So what I found is that when people have some kind of like physical health issue. If it's minor, like let's say like I'm anemic. Right. Or I have, uh, you know, some other kind of you know, metabolic issue like diabetes, um, you know, I'll see a squiggle, right? Something that's not quite a solid circle, but it doesn't, it's, you know, there's a vulnerability there. Whereas people that are really significantly ill, like have cancer, like late stage cancer, or they're actually some kind of like life-threatening physical ailment, it's like a, it's like a swirl. It's, It's not, it doesn't even resemble a circle anymore. And so, you know, these, uh, these seem to show up in the, in the different domains as well. Gotcha. And so if it's a full circle, you're good. Well, it doesn't mean you're, it doesn't mean there's not issues, right? But if there's no evidence of like either a vulnerability or an illness. Okay. 
Just a note to everybody, I had some squiggles. <laughs> they're, they're, they're more common than you would think. <laughs> um, and so basically when you're doing this, you're, you're just, not just, you're channeling, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, well, my hands are for sure. I mean, the drawings are, are helpful because, well, so for instance, one of the reasons why I uh, had struggled early on with mediumship was that I always wanted to understand the message. And so my wanting to understand it uh, got in the way of actually just hearing the words. Uh, and so in a way, my hands, like my hands don't have words. So in doing the drawings, uh, you know, I guess my hands are channeling, but I don't have to, you know, I just listen to my hands. My hands do it. They put it down there and then my mind can understand what my hands drew. Uh, and then when I write the email, uh, that sort of goes through it all. I, I think there is some channeling there because often when I get done, I don't remember a mm -hmm. lot of it. Mm -hmm. Well, this was so um, enlightening for me and fascinating for me to, to read through and just see and think about what I didn't go into the whole reading because some of it is a little bit more personal. So I'll save that. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for this. And, and what's so unique about you is the way you pair these two pieces together. So it's almost like a checks and balances for making sure that, that all of this makes sense. I, I think they work together really well. Uh, and they, you know, they, they capture different elements that I think together create a bigger, a bigger picture than either one, either system would alone. So again, if people want to find you and they want their own reading, let them know where they could do that. Uh, you can contact me at readings at jmichaelschmidt.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Michael, for your time today. Thank you. It was great this being was here. awesome. Thanks. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.